Well, how are you doing tonight? Welcome to Thanksgiving Eve. You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. So good to see all of you and uh, looking forward to just a special night. What a great way to start off and just raising a hallelujah, declaring the goodness of Jesus because we every single day have a reason to be thankful because of who he is, what he's done in our lives. Amen? So tonight is a wonderful night of music intertwined with some stories of some people's stories of some things that God has done in their lives over the course of their knowing Jesus, some in this past year, some over the course of their, their lives. And, um, and then after each one of these stories, the band is going to respond in a, in a song, a song that kind of goes with that story. And some of the songs will be songs that we just kind of take in and let soak in and listen to. And some will be songs that, that we respond and singing with, but it's going to be kind of that type of a night of just kind of going back and forth with sharing and music and sharing and music. And, um, I know that all of us here have many things to be thankful for. I know for me, I'm very, very thankful for our new grandson that was just born on uh, November the 8th. <laughs> Little Jack Harrison, my son had a son, and, and uh, actually his wife had a, a son, and uh, <laughs> really excited about that. But, but I think most of all, we can be thankful tonight because God has allowed us through the work of Jesus Christ to be a part of his family. And I'm very thankful to be a part of this church family with all of you. And uh, just what a blessing it is to call all of you brothers and sisters and that we get to do life together. And, uh, and on a night, night like this, we get to celebrate. And, you know, as we've been doing life over the course of this this year and just watching God move and work in our, in our fellowship and, you know, see people get saved and baptized and seeing people grow. And, you know, one of the areas in our, in our fellowship where God's just been doing a tremendous work has been in our student ministries. And, um, we've just really watched the Lord, um, through the work of, uh, Tyler and Aaron, um, just the, and their team. God's just been really moving and working through those guys in a mighty way, and we're going to kick it off tonight by hearing from a young lady who's a part of that uh, group, and um, really, really, she shared once on a Sunday, and I just really love her heart, the heart and love that she has for Jesus, and uh, so I'm going to ask Kayana to come up right now, and there she is. Hi, guys. <laughs> Oh my goodness, it's just such a gift and privilege to come and speak with all of you guys tonight. Um, I'm just so excited to share what the Lord has moved in my heart to share with all of you guys tonight. So I'm currently a senior in high school, meaning that I attend the youth program here at Calvary Vista. Um, and I've actually only been going here for a little over a year. Um, just to give a little background, um, I went to this old church and I think I just kind of struggled a bit there. Um, the reason why I started going to church wasn't because I grew up in a Christian family. Um, a lot of my trials and tribulations had kind of led me to surrender my heart to the Lord. Um, and so I went to this church and it was just the phrase, Jesus loves you, was never something that was really told 
nor was it taught. Um, and inevitably, I didn't get that in a Christian home either. And so growing up in my faith, a lot of what it looked like was the do's and don'ts of Christianity. I have to read my Bible. I have to pray. I have to do the right things. And never actually understanding what grace was or mercy or love. Um, and that was just a really hard thing. Um, and then COVID hit. And my relationship with God turned very personal and intentional, and it was just this um, intimate one-on-one thing that the more that I grew with him, the more hesitant I felt to kind of go back to my old church, because I just never felt like I reached the standard. Um, But God's timing is so very intentional, because right around that time, my wonderful boyfriend and his family had invited me to come to this church, and though I was very hesitant, because I was nervous and I didn't know anyone, (laughs) um, I knew that the Spirit was leading me there, and so I said, okay, And the minute that I walked through those doors, like the most loving, authentic and spirit led community just absolutely embraced me and welcomed me in. Um, And it was just such a beautiful thing to see the way that these people loved me. Because at the time, I didn't know Jesus' love to the extent that I wanted to. But through these people, I, I realized that, oh my gosh, the way that they love me is just a fraction of the love that Jesus has for us. Um, and so I continued to go to this church for many, many months. And I began to grow more in love than I did in legalism. And it was just this beautiful thing to see God's character in that. Um, and we recently actually had a summer camp. And a verse was shared there that I want to share with you guys tonight. It's... Um, John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And I don't know what it was about that verse or at the timing that it was said, but I just could not stop crying because I began encountering the love that Jesus had for me. Um, I started to understand that No matter what I did past, present, or future, he was going to love me the same throughout it. No matter if I was completely faithless at the time, that he was going to love me through it. And he gave me grace. He gave me mercy. He gave me an opportunity to be born again. And it was just an overwhelming amount of gratitude to just encounter all of that. Um, And I am just so thankful for the people I've got to know here, the way that my faith has just completely changed through this past year because of such a simplistic topic. And like, I was almost hesitant to share that with you guys tonight because it sounds so basic, like Jesus loves you, but it completely changed my faith. And it's such a vital thing to encounter the love of Jesus. It's the foundation of everything. And it was just such a beautiful way that my faith has been able to change this past year, and I'm just so thankful for that. Um, So in closing, let me just be your reminder tonight that Jesus loves you, and don't let that be too simplistic or too cliche. There's so much depth and meaning and foundation there, um, and I'm just thankful for every single one of you. The end. Hey, everyone. Hi, guys. So, Going back, it's funny how I'm here now. So, back in 2011, when I was a young man, I got the train up to North Yorkshire, about to start my British Army parachute training. And on arrival, we got given a welcome pack. And inside that welcome pack was a New Testament Bible. Now, I carried that with me on every deployment, everywhere I went, and I never even read it. I just kept it with me, and it became apparent many years later why I kept it. So, my whole life I've been looking for fulfillment, something, adrenaline to 
to fill this void inside of me, whether it be parachuting, scuba diving, on operations, I was always searching for something. And that led me to California a few years ago. I come out here for the British Army to do a parachute training course. And it was meant to be in Lake Helsinore, but last minute it got changed to Go Jump Oceanside. And that is where I met my lovely wife, Kate. <laughs> yeah, so... Um twist of events. Uh, Now it's obvious that God's hand was in our relationship and everything right from the beginning when we didn't even know him. Um, You know, like Luke said, similar to him, I was um, always looking for something. I remember as long as I can remember, I, I had been really preoccupied with my purpose and finding it. And, um, I knew that God existed, but I just didn't really understand how to experience him. And I, I remember um, always seeing like people of faith and wanting what they had. But I looked to people and relationships and experiences and trips. And then once Luke and I met, traveled together so much for the fulfillment was coming from there. But it would always die out again. Um, so then when we moved... Or wherever you want to go. Which, which way does so it So I moved. We decided whether Kate would come to England or I'd come to America, and we decided America. So I left the UK, moved to Boston, got to Boston. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. Very was happy. But then suddenly great. it was like, this, this isn't enough. This isn't what I thought it would be. I thought my problems would be better once I moved to America, and they weren't. So... After a year, I said to Kate, it's Massachusetts is a problem. So, so we packed up the Jeep, we put our dog in a car, and we, I dragged Kate back to California. And then I got to California, and guess what? It wasn't that much better. <laughs> and just on the record, he didn't have to drag me. I was quite happy to come back, but... Right when we got back, um, probably like six weeks after we moved, the pandemic kicked off, um, and we were both pretty in despair, uh, still looking for the purpose, still trying to figure out why, what's wrong. Um, And then at that point, um, probably in May of 2020 maybe, uh, my grandmother passed, and one of the last text messages that she sent me was, Kate and Luke, accept Jesus into your heart. And at that point, I had had a, an understanding of who Jesus was. I still didn't realize that he's Lord, he's God, he's God in human flesh. I just knew he was the Son of God and thought, well, you know, we're good enough people. We're nice. We're good. We know who Jesus is, so we're going to get to the golden gates, and he'll just open right up. We're in. I didn't understand that, but my mom had been saved in 2014, and I know she prayed for me a lot. Um, so, you know, God at that point, around at, right after my grandmother passed, I had been given a Bible by my mom, and she um, always encouraged me to read it. And I would read it, you know, when I was scared or couldn't sleep or something. I just thought it was something nice that I could add into my spiritual journey. But Um, At that point, God really stirred in me, like, read my word, get serious about it. So I was like, okay. So um, I called her again and said, can you send me another Bible, a study Bible? She's like, okay, sure. (laughs) So she sent it to me. I started reading it and talking to her about the Lord every single day. And then we went, um, a friend of ours sent 
us a reopen the church video from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. So we went up there together. And um, on that day, July 26, 2020, I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus. So I didn't plan on it because I was already saved. But the spirit moved differently. And um, what was that experience I like did for not. you? <laughs> Within like an hour of leaving the church, Luke was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be going there again. Are you going to be going there again? And I was like, um, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, maybe once a month. And, but that, that wasn't the case. Because once the, something I want to make very clear is that God had been calling both of us for so long that like once he finally got his hands like on me, there was no turning back. So I could not, even the days that I would say, oh, it's, it's far, I don't want to go up there, I just couldn't resist. I, I kept going. And um, so Luke told me he wasn't going to come again. That's obviously my husband. That's a very close relationship, the closest relationship you have. And then my childhood best friend at the time, like she still is, but her and I, two days after I got saved, we had a massive falling out. And so right away, I was, like, met with a lot of opposition, and I had no choice but to pray diligently and, like, really rely on Jesus. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to pray and pray and pray. So I kept praying. Um, Every day, I would pray that the Lord would just surround Luke with his love and, and, and change him. And, you know, I would pray for her that she would know Jesus, and I just prayed for each of them every day. And then... So at this point, Kate's driving up to Chino Hills every week. He's like, it's a lot of gas. This is a lot of miles on the car. This is California, so... (laughs) So, whilst Kate was doing this, I was trying to sort my own life out, my own mess. I thought, while she's doing that, I need to get on top of everything. I need to sort my life out. I'm not getting any younger. So... (laughs) The more and more I tried, the more and more I felt buried and I couldn't mm. do anything and everything was failing, failing. It wasn't working mm. and it just got worse and worse and worse until I was like, I need something. This is not, I need help. So I gave it another go back in October and we went up to Chino Hills and I gave my life to Jesus that night. Mm. Yeah, and... Um It was really incredible because, you know, God's goodness, you know, the Bible says that, like, I feel like a lot of times it talks about judgment when it says that he doesn't show any partiality, but he also doesn't show any partiality at all with his goodness. Like, he's so willing to bless you if you stay close to him. And, you know, our life hasn't been easy since. I mean, there's still, we're not, like, void of trials, void of difficult times, but we have so much hope because... We know, we know the truth, and we know the Lord now. So, And then the other thing that was massive was that my friend gave her life to Christ in January of 2021. And um, on March 7th, the three of us were baptized together here. Um, so, yeah, and she's uh, the, the, the things that God's done in her life are just, like, mind-blowing to me um, ever since. So... He's, yeah, he's a good, 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 good God. He is a good God. And one thing I always read is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Mm. And I live by that because all I try to do was do everything myself. And once Mm. I let God 
take over. My life has got so much better, and I'm thankful for him. Mm. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ron Bailiff. And I'm Francis Bailiff. And we've been married for 23 years, or 23 days. We'll tell you about that a little bit later. We have three children. We have two daughter-in-laws, and we have four grandchildren. We've been coming to Calvary Vista since mm, about September of 2020, and we're actually new believers. We gave ourselves to Christ on September 27th of 2020. And we were baptized on November 1st of 2020. We have a tremendous story to tell you. Growing up in a Christian home, I learned right from wrong. However, it was a religion for me. I never read the Bible, and I never understood the gospel message. At 16, I fell away from going to church, and my whole adult life has been without the Lord. Uh, I believed I, I could handle it. And sadly, at times, I even questioned if Christ uh, was even real. I grew up Catholic, and I believed in God, but rarely went to church. When we did go, I never felt like I belonged there. I didn't understand what the priests were saying and had never read the Bible. Unfortunately, there was a lot of abuse in my childhood, so I was often sad and depressed. Until one day when I was a teenager, I decided that I wasn't going to allow myself to cry anymore, and instead I got angry. I didn't realize it until recently, but that is when I started using anger to deal with my emotions. I became a police officer, and I loved it, but I started to idolize it. I became very jaded. I lost my humanity. I lost my compassion for people. I started to watch the news all of the time, and it became another idol of mine. Francis and I have been married for 23 years, and we always had a good marriage, but there was something unequal about it. Because I idolized her, and I always put her on this pedestal in our marriage. My adult life was consumed with trying to work to make more money and have more things. I didn't have time for God and had grown into a rather selfish and vain person. At home, I was in charge, and I did what I wanted. I couldn't be told what to do by anyone, especially my husband. I was very mean and abusive to Ron and our kids. I spoke down to them and yelled and cussed at them often. All the things I hated from my childhood, I did to my own family. Work, money, stressing about politics, that's what became my life. I got injured really badly, and life kind of started to become about sadness and depression. Alcohol became more prevalent in order to sleep and to kill the pain in my back. I trusted someone I shouldn't have that betrayed me, and I ended up sinning against my husband and my marriage. I had so much guilt and shame from my sin, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I had told myself that I would never tell my husband about what I had done. The shame caused me to withdraw from him and my children. I used my anger to push them away. I started to drink often and worked a lot to occupy my time. Many years pass, and despite all my sins, God still was calling me. He put so many beautiful women in my life that were praying for me to know him. I saw our daughter fire on fire for the Lord, and she would come home from youth group teaching me what she had learned. She also had me listen to Christian music. 
God used her to lead me to his word through music, and it was working. I started wanting to learn about God, so I started reading the Bible. I started attending a Go in Peace home study, and when we read the Bible verses in the book that first night, they truly penetrated my heart. I felt like my ears were open, and I heard the word of God for the first time. Hearing how God had changed my daughter-in-law's mom through her testimony was amazing to me. Growing up, we never talked about the bad things that happened. We just ignored them or pretended they weren't there. I noticed things were changing, and we came to Calvary Vista in August of 2020, and when we first came here, came into the sanctuary, and I saw you guys all raising your hands during worship and everything, I thought you guys were a bunch of crazies. (laughs) But I really started to feel it. I felt that presence. The Holy Spirit was starting to work in my heart, and I listened to the sermons, and they made sense to me. It was like God was speaking directly to me. On September 27th of 2020, Pastor Rob called everybody who wanted to give their lives to Christ to come to the altar. And I can't explain it. It was really the the strongest desire that I've ever had in my life. Francis and I came up and we knelt down. And one of the pastors came up and put his hands on my shoulder and he started to pray for me. And he said, God, show him his path. I began to cry and I couldn't stop crying. It was an overwhelming feeling. I was born again. God had saved my life. I went home and I realized that I was saved, but I had absolutely no idea what that meant. (laughs) But what I did know is that my path as a police officer and my new path with God were not going to coincide with each other because The man that I had become was not that servant that God wanted me to be. The very next day, I went to work, and I put in for retirement, and I had to work for one more month. So for me, it was hard, but I know the Holy Spirit was convicting me and helping me to change. I never used to say I was sorry because I said that I was never wrong. But I started saying I was sorry. I started having true appreciation for the things that God had given to me, my husband and my children. I started trying to lift them up with my words instead of tearing them down. I had sworn that I would never forgive my dad and uncle for the things they had done to me. But I learned through scripture that unforgiveness in your heart creates anger and bitterness. I finally understood the magnitude of what Jesus did on the cross for me. So I forgave them, and my heart was starting to soften. But there was still the sin from my past that I knew I had to confess to my husband. Every day I would beg and plead with the Lord, because I knew in the Bible this was the only sin that he could divorce me for, and I didn't want to lose him. I finally understood how much of a blessing he was, and I pleaded with God. I told him that I couldn't do it over and over, but God told me that everything was going to be okay. So the night before we were getting baptized, I told him. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. But I trusted God. Over the last month of work, I started to become more depressed. You see, my identity and all of my confidence came from work and Francis. My last day was October 30th, 
and that next day was the day that Frances told me her secret. My spirit was broken, my world had collapsed, and I felt that my life was over. Overnight, I became so depressed. We were able to get it out to each other, and she told me all of her sins. I told her all of mine. And we went and got baptized the next day, and I felt better. But over the course of the day and by that night, the depression was so overwhelming and the pain was so intense that my thoughts turned into a plan. But God didn't like that plan. And so he sent my two sons to intervene. And God saved my life a second time. It wasn't easy. And there were times that we didn't think we could do it. And we were right. We couldn't have survived in our own strength. But God put us together, and he's kept us together. When we couldn't stand, God carried us. He put people in our lives to help us. He put this church in our lives to help us. Francis and I started to pray together every morning, every night. We would pray on our own. We started to read these devotionals, and we would read devotionals with the kids. We'd stay up to like 3 in the morning, sometimes all night long, just talking about God and how great he is. It was like we were walking down this path together, and we were seeing signs and miracles as we were walking. And we knew that we were going in the right direction, but we also knew that it wasn't us that it was God holding our hands. The Lord led us to counseling, absolute failure, but it got better. The Lord led us to a go and peace retreat and to life skills classes here at church, and it got better. God put a very wonderful man of God in my path who gave me this book on how to surrender my life to God, and it got better. God had us and led us to serve here at the church, to fellowship with everyone, to be a part of home groups, to serve in in the Go in Peace retreats, and even serve a family in Mexico on a mission trip. We did all of these things, and it got better. I've always said that I will never public speak, yet here I am, speaking about my past sins and my feelings, not because I want to, but because the Lord has asked me to. Being part of something bigger than ourselves is one of the greatest gifts that God can give us. Giving our testimony to help others is not comfortable sometimes, but now it's a way of life for us. We've been blessed to be a part of the Go in Peace ministry, and every time we're there to help others be healed by the Lord, He's also healing us. I love Him and the new life He's given us, and I thank Him every day. The greatest gift that God gave to me was this book, and he wrote it especially for me. And every day, I read this Bible, and its pages just jump out at me. God shows me the man that I need to be. He shows me the life that I need to live. He taught me how much he loves me. And he taught me what Jesus did for me on the cross, even though I didn't deserve it. Over the year, God gave us a very different marriage. We love God so much, and we thank him for everything. His love is overwhelming. The joy and peace in our life is there. And 
it is that relationship with God that is spilling over and giving us this wonderful marriage, a wonderful, wonderful life with our family, a wonderful life with all of you. On November 1st, 23 days ago, we gave our marriage to God by being remarried again. And it is... And it is his to use as he pleases. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for us. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to leave heaven and come to this earth that he might go to a cross to set us free. Lord, we thank you tonight so much for the freedom that we have in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the stories of transformation that we've heard tonight. How you came and filled hearts that were lonely. That you transformed where there was bitterness. That you did that work, God, of just completely changing a life. We rejoice tonight, God, in these stories. We rejoice tonight, Lord, in who you are and the work that you did. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I was thinking tonight, you guys can go ahead and be seated. When Kayana was sharing, and she said, this might just sound so simple, but it's really so profound. Jesus loves you. And I thought about the theologian, Karl Barth, who was teaching in a seminary. And one of his students asked him, you know, Mr. Barth, in all the years that you've been teaching the Bible, what's the greatest truth that you've ever discovered? And he said, that's simple. It's Jesus loves me, this I know. And the student kind of scoffed. He was like, come on, you know, after all these years, you you mean to tell us that the, the greatest thing that you've ever learned is that Jesus loves you? And he said, no, the greatest thing that I've ever learned is this I know. You see, it's really coming to that place where we really grasp it. Where we really grasp the sense that Jesus loved me. That he died for me. That he went to that cross in my place. Tonight we're going to partake of communion together. You should have received one of these coming in if you want to get that out. I'll never forget many, many years ago teaching at a youth camp up at Twin Peaks. It's a junior high camp. And I was sharing the last session as we were going to lead into communion and I was talking about what Jesus did for us on the cross. And right in the front row was a little seventh grade boy, all of 12 years old. And during the time when we were partaking of communion, he was just weeping. And I thought, man, I wonder what's wrong with this kid. 
And so I went down and I put my arm around him. I said, hey, buddy, are you okay? And he looked at me with tears in his eyes and he says, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I go, why are you crying? He goes, I just can't believe it that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for all my sins. And when he first said it, I got to be honest, the first thing that popped in my mind was, you're 12 years old. <laughs> like, what have you done, you know? <laughs> like, come on, you know? And my second thought was, man, do I feel that way? It's amazing, guys. And may this not be simply a ritual but may it be just at the core of our hearts. I think about when the disciples came back from a little missions trip that Jesus sent them on. And they came back all excited about everything that God had done through them. And he said to them, he said, guys, guys, that's awesome. That's amazing. But, you know, don't rejoice that God used you or that the demons were subject to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That they're in the, book, the Lamb's book of life. You might be here tonight and thinking, you know, I don't have a whole lot to be thankful for. And maybe this year's been a tough one for you. But you have that. That you know God. That you can say, Jesus loves me this I know. <laughs> On that night that Jesus met with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And this little wafer, it represents that Jesus took our place on the cross. The punishment that we deserved, he endured. The shame that we felt because of our sin, he took it upon himself. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. And when he was on that cross, all of our sin was transferred to him so that his righteousness could be transferred to us. Let's partake of the bread together. Jesus, we thank you so much for going to the cross in our place. We thank you, Lord, for the life that we have tonight. The life that we've been celebrating in these songs and these stories that we've heard tonight. And it's all because you gave yours for us. We thank you, Lord. On that same night, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. My blood shed for the remission of your sins. And the Bible says that although our sins are as scarlet, when the blood of Jesus gets applied to our sins, they become as white as snow. <laughs>
His blood cleanses us and makes us whole. That if we're here tonight and you know Jesus, God looks at you tonight and he sees you as righteous because your life has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's partake of the blood together or the cup. Lord, we thank you so much for your forgiveness, for your cleansing. We thank you, Lord, that in, in Jesus, in you, that we are righteous, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for your incredible goodness to us. In Jesus' name.